Hello and welcome to Eat, Race, Shower, Repeat. I'm Laura Winter, sports broadcaster, podcaster and cycling presenter. And I am Paul Foss, former professional cyclist for Bora Hansgrohe. This podcast will take you behind the scenes of one of the most successful world tour cycling teams of them all. We follow them as they take on the most emotionally and physically challenging bike races of them all, the Tour de France. Yes, we are working with team title sponsor Hansgrower, one of the world's largest and most respected bathroom suppliers and manufacturers, featuring beautifully designed taps and showers of the highest quality, benefiting from the finest in German engineering. For four years now, Hansgrohe has been at the team side as a reliable partner and together we will bring you exclusive insight from the team. The riders, the mechanics, the sports directors, the coaches and more for a unique look at the most beautiful sport in the world. This episode, we are delving into the Borat Hansgrohe team itself and asking what makes Bora Hansgrohe Bora Hansgrohe. What is the DNA of the team? We'll also be going back in time and exploring the big moments of the last decade of Bora Hansgrohe and speaking to team manager Ralph Denk. And we will hear from Andreas Schillinger, Cesare Benedetti and Michael Schwarzmann who have been with the team from the start. But first up, we'll be analysing the roles of this year's Tour de France lineup. So at the time of recording, bearing in mind we have had a few crashes... So we have, of course, Peter Sagan, Daniel Oss, Emmanuel Buchmann, Gregor Muhlberger, Maximilian Schackmann, Leonard Kemner, Lukas Postelberger and Felix Grossschartner. Team manager Ralph Denk explains the strategy. We have two clear goals. One goal is the green jersey. Peter can win this green jersey the eighth time. It's uh, a novum of, in professional cycling. It's uh, no no one achieved this before, and this is in my perspective, if he achieved this, a long term uh, historical achievement. And on the other side, Emmanuel Buchmann was uh, already fourth. And if you are fourth in the Tour de France, what's the next step? The next step is the podium. Huh? And we try to achieve this. We give him a strong team by side with uh, really strong climbers, with Leonard Kemner, with uh, Felix Großschartner, with Gregor Mühlberger, and with hopefully Mark Schachmann. And uh, that's all the climbers in the team. And Peter have also Daniel Oss and Lukas Pöstelberger, more for the sprints. And I think we have quite a good balance in, in, in our team. And let's hope the guys recover well from the crashes from the last weekend. And then I'm still optimistic we can achieve our goals. Well, we can't talk about the team, Paul, and the strategy without first addressing, of course, that Emmanuel Buchmann and Gregor Mulberger both crashed at the Dauphiné and Maximilian Schachmann broke his collarbone at Il Lombardia. And they are all racing now to get back fit in time for the Tour de France. And our very best wishes go out to them. Um, how much, Paul, does a team really pull together when a rider is hurt or even just having a bad day in a race like the Tour de France? I mean, this is like a really complicated and uh, weird situation for the team because you're not just losing like a domestique as uh, Schachmann is or Mühlberger, but you're losing your, your leader for the GC. And I mean, they haven't lost him yet. We all hope that Emanuel Buchmann is going to be on the start line. But yeah, he's obviously not in 100% shape then. And yeah, I, I think it won't harm the, the momentum they had and they still believe in him. 
but of course it's not the perfect situation and uh, i mean during a race if you have a bad day and you have a good team spirit you always try to to push each other and uh, especially like an, it's a pretty young team and they're all close you know they're kind of the same age it's just a different team especially in the mountains than uh, maybe back back in the day where you had like domestiques being uh, in their 30s and also the leaders being quite old and now they're all quite young friends have, have the same mindset and they're all um, reaching for the same they want that Emmanuel is at the end of the tour and the podium and I think they will fight until the end yeah absolutely and if it's one thing they've got it's fighting spirit and indeed they'll hope to get him as far up in the GC and Peter Sagan as well hopefully delivered for that green jersey yeah definitely I mean he has won it now seven times and he can he can make history this year with winning the eighth time and uh I'm really looking forward if he's still capable of uh, delivering what he has done in the last years. Um, I mean, you can see so many young riders coming up and uh, really challenging him. But um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to what he's doing this year at the Tour. Absolutely. And crashes, of course, affect many teams and many riders. And that's very much part of cycling. We also got the lowdown from Ralph Denk, team manager, on how these crashes are affecting the team ahead of the Tour de France. For sure, in the first moment, uh, I'm shocked and cannot understand what's happened. But to be realistic, it's part of the game. The crashes in professional cycling is always part of the game and could be always happen. And you have to looking forward. You have to manage and look to the other teams. Look to the Koenig Wilkstedt, look to Jumbo Fisma. A lot of crashes are there because, uh, yeah, I think the Corona break put pressure on the teams, on the riders to create success, to take the risk. And yeah, you, you cannot make the, the races so safe that uh, no crashes are happening. So there you go, Ralph very much saying what we're saying here is that crashes are a part of cycling and actually the team are rallying around those riders and will hopefully get them all to the start line as fit as can be and very much raring to go. Yeah, I mean, as Ralph said, it's it's just part of a business and cycling is a cool sport sometimes. I mean, uh, Maximilian Schachmann crashed on the weekend. He probably has done already his surgery and sitting on the bike already. And if everything goes well, he will be at the start line for the tour. And you can't imagine it really in another sport, someone crashing that hard and then still aiming to be at the start of like a, yeah one of the biggest events. Honestly, if I'd crashed and broken my collarbone I wouldn't be anywhere near a bike it does show you how tough cyclists are and also how motivated they are as well to to ride for each other and to be part of a team effort like the Tour de France you see one bike rider winning but actually it's the efforts of the, a whole system around them that gets them to that point yeah definitely and especially this year I mean as we mentioned they have the goal to win the eighth time the green jersey with Peter Sagan but also trying to Bring Emmanuel Buchmann in a situation where he can maybe finish on the podium and finishing for a German on the podium is not a historic moment. We had that in the past with Jan Ulrich, but he is a complete, or that's a completely new generation. And it also shows that like you can develop a rider over the years. And I will be as well really, really motivated to like, even after a crash, trying to come back and being part of a team. Yeah. And it's not just him who's crashed either. We saw favourite for the Tour de France, Primoz Roglic, also crash as well. So we wish all the riders well and hopefully we'll see them all back on the start line ready for the Tour de France. We're also going to look in this episode back on the history of the team as well. Um, 
a bit of background for you over the last decade. The team was initially Team NetApp. That was in 2010 to 2012. They became Team NetApp Endura in 2013 and 2014. Bora Argon 18 in 2015 to 2016. And then from 2017 until present day, they have been Bora Hansgrohe. Now, Ralph Denk has been team manager for years and he talks here about his life in cycling and what makes this team special. I'm quite long involved in cycling. I was an ambition amateur rider and uh, I stopped very early. I was 22 years and I take the decision because I was not good enough. I was not good enough to become a professional rider to participate on the Tour de France, something like that. And then I start to work. Uh, first job for me was in SRAM Corporation, bike supplier components. Then uh, in 2000, I started to open a bike shop and to promote this kind of bike shop. I was create a mountain bike team, mountain bike with uh, amateur riders. And we formed this amateur team in six years to the best mountain bike team in the world. We won also the overall World Cup in mountain bike in 2006. And then I take the decision to swap to road cycling because road cycling is the king, is the king discipline in cycling. Mountain bike is a nice sport, but uh, they have not the publicity as uh, road cycling. And then we make the same example as we did in, with the mountain bike team with the road team. We start with amateurs, with juniors, and built from 2007 to now one of the best teams in the world. Huh? So uh, we, we have really in our team a ground. We build it from the scratch. We have fundamental. We have a history in our team. And this is one point what we are different to other teams. Another point we we really uh, loyal, not just to our riders, also to our sponsors. We have, as, as an example, Cesare Benedetti, Michael Schwarzmann, Andreas Schillinger. They are already 10 years in our team, more than 10 years. Yeah. We have sponsors in our structure. They are more than 20 years with me. And not with all sponsors, we have contracts. We have just a shake hand. Shake hand is, for me, very important. Shake hand agreement, award is award. And yeah, that's uh, um, some parts how we work and how is our style in the team and how we try to create success. You can hear in his voice how much this team and, and what it's achieved actually means to Ralph, can't you? Yeah, it's true. I mean, you also can hear that he comes from like a mountain bike background and he was really young when he when he turned into like, or, yeah, when he slipped into his role where he is now. And I mean, he's still relatively young for a team manager and I was part of a team as well and he always had like this big vision where the team should head to. And uh, when I heard on like a summer 2006 that he, or like the rumors, uh, he might sign Peter Sagan, it was like, I couldn't believe it, you know, because Peter Sagan at that time, what still is one of the biggest stars in, in cycling. And back then he was by far the biggest rider you could sign. And uh, yeah, so like he always uh, dreamed big and um, it looks like his biggest dreams uh, will come true with like, being the best team in the world and also having a German finishing on the podium at the Tour, maybe even in some years' time, uh, being able to even win the Tour. Well, let's talk then about some of those big moments. Uh, in 2019 alone, 
Borat Hansgrohe had 47 victories. They were second best team overall in the UCI World Tour. They had stage wins at all three Grand Tours. They won the green jersey at the Tour de France and the points classification at the Giro d'Italia. And they had national champions from Germany, Austria, Slovakia, Italy, Ireland and Poland. I mean, what an achievement for just one team. Yeah, it is. And uh, as I mentioned before, like he... Yeah, his goal was to be the best team in the world and uh, with 47 victories and with all the different classifications and like uh, the tour, the green jersey and then also in the Giro, the point jersey, he's becoming really close to yeah, to be there. And it, it's a shame that uh, 2020 uh, is hit so hard by the corona pandemic. But I think maybe he reaches his goal in 2021. There's still time this year, isn't there, to make as big an impact as possible. And it's and it's exciting to bring you guys out there into this team as well. Um, Paul, what are the big moments you remember from, from being part of the team and indeed following the team over all these years? Many moments. Um, so like in 2000, I can't remember the year, but like the first time we did the tour, um, I think it was 2014 and in 2013 we could finish with Leopold König in the top 10 at the World Espana and winning a stage then it was also like a day where we, yeah, we kind of already lost it a bit and then we started to pull and every team was looking at us and was laughing about us Fabian Cancellara came to us and was asking what we were actually doing there and then coming to the finish line and uh, Leopold König just dropping everyone and eventually finishing top 10 and then the year the year on in 2014 doing the first tour starting in uk like this once in a lifetime moment with so many spectators and an unbelievable atmosphere and there also leopold could finish in top 10 so it was like two special years but just recently like 2016 the the stage win of lucas Pöstelberger at the first stage of the giro where he basically yeah was planned to do the lead out for uh, sam bennett but um, he got a bit of a gap and then, uh, yeah, could finish in front of the bunch and uh, they couldn't catch him in the last K. And I was sitting at home really with goosebumps. And the same was last year with Cesare uh, Benedetti when he could win a stage at the Giro. I mean, he loves the Giro so much. He's Italian and um, he's, a, he's a really good mate of mine. And I was so, so happy to see him winning um, on such a big stage. And I think everyone... In, in professional cycling was happy for him. And it's funny, you've not even mentioned that Peter Sagan and, and the green jersey and his exploits at the Tour de France. There are so many moments we can actually wade through and pick through here. Yeah, I mean, I just have like a, a personal relationship with some of the riders and obviously that's, that sticks more to me than like wins of Peter Sagan. But yeah, of course, it's also big moments for the teams. But for me personally, um, of course, these riders I know well, seeing them winning big was a massive thing. And we've actually got the commentary as well, with big thanks to Eurosport UK, of some of those incredible moments that we've been talking about. Let's take a listen. And look at this, splits all over the road already. And I think it's Purstelberger who is out there at the front. We'll just have to double check that. This is a huge attack, 500 metres to go into the headwind here. And behind that chasing, Gavidia suddenly is in the right position and they've still got to be caught 400 metres. This is a great opportunity, 350 to go. And I think whoever it is, I think it's Pus Hustleberger, who's out there and attacked, may not be there. Oh, 200 to go now. Looks behind, he may well have it. In the meantime, the attack, this is chaos. Greipel out of position. And attacking from behind too is Caleb Ewan. In the meantime, though, it is a win. Anna Maglia Rosa for Bora Hansgrohe. Bora Hansgrohe take it. And it is Lukas Pustelberger of Austria. 
Sagan is well placed as well. It's Richie Port who's going to attack. Richie Port driving it on them. We could have a completely different scene to the one we thought we might have. Port with Condor, Micah in third place, Sagan brilliantly placed in fourth. 700 metres to go now. Gallant Thomas, the yellow jersey's in the group and safe at the moment. It's a rather large group at the minute, and there are some fast men there. Vanabrama is in fifth wheel and waiting. He's on the wheel right now of Edward Wassenhagen. Sagan is there at the minute, though. It's Richie Port who's riding away from riders. Port going and really pushing on. Richie Port for BMC has four wheels, five wheels, but here comes Sagan. Surely Port can't take this brilliant ride. Yes, well, Port is pushing on, but uh, second we can see there, Mike in a really good position. Uh, Garen Thomas also, the other jersey, very much at the front of affairs. Anybody here in the top ten has a chance if they have got it in the legs. Well, a look round from Sagan, 280 metres still to go, still the road goes off. Garen Thomas is there, look on the left-hand side because Dan Martin's there as well. But here comes another problem for Sagan, problem for Sagan who loses his chain. Sagan on the right-hand side, though, still just managing to put it in. Sagan dropped a gear, but he's still at the front. Sagan Again from Vanabra, behind it Sir Michael Matthews on the left hand side in the black and white, Matthews is gaining all the time, Sagan still at the front but here comes Matthews, Matthews on the left hand side, it's Sagan though, supreme, Peter Sagan just holding on, he dropped his gear, he couldn't quite find the right pedal stroke, but my that was a display of supreme strength. We heard Ralph earlier speak about rider loyalty and sponsor loyalty as two things that he thinks make Spora Hansgrohe stand out as a team and uh, is is rare in pro cycling as well. What for you do you think makes the team stand out or makes it different from others? Um, I think they're really living the this brotherhood. So they're not just saying it, but they are truly friends. And uh, I mean, if you just look at the... Pascal Ackermann gang with like Rudi Gazelik, Michael Schwarzmann, uh, they're basically all neighbors now living in Austria and training each other or training every day together. So yeah, they're really living, living the whole lifestyle. Uh, and I think that makes, that definitely makes a difference. And you can see that also in the races and also the approach on like how to work with talent. I mean, some of the Austrian riders that, that took on over the years, they already have been good riders, but not yeah not let you say all right yeah there for example Mühlberger he's gonna well he's going their way he he is going now so Ralph has a really talent to like Enrico as well to pick out the best riders like and develop them you know over the years and early on already seeing okay good he has that that potential and then uh, give them time to actually grow in the team without yeah putting on too much pressure and that's like I think one of the key aspects why that's successful now because the guys who bring the results now are usually guys who are already longer in the team and developed there yeah it's the loyalty isn't it it makes riders feel valued and therefore they're a happy rider and they'll be quicker we hope on the bike so i asked ralph about his best and worst moments with the team and this is what he had to say main highlight uh, was uh, 2017 in bergen as peter become a world champion was one of the highlights. Not uh, every team manager will achieve a rainbow jersey in his career. So this was really good. On the other side, for sure, the fourth place uh, of uh, Emmanuel last year on the Tour de France. And also a big victory was Peter's win in Paris-Roubaix 2018. The worst moment was also 2017 as uh, Peter had to leave the Tour. 
during a wrong uh, jury decision. This was really hard for us uh, because we cannot understand he did nothing wrong and he have to leave the tour anyway. And this was really one of the hardest moments for me as a team manager. So not surprising that uh, the 2017 tour where Peter Sagan was uh, ejected for that crash with Mark Cavendish was his worst moment. What are your memories of that? Yeah, I mean, I was uh, commentating that for German television and I saw that and it was really controversial uh, straight away. And yeah, I, I, I can imagine that it's one of the worst moments he, he had in his career as a team manager because it was the first tour for Bora Hans Grohe and he just won the stage the day before and then the next day get relegated or like disqualified. Yeah, it <laughs> must have been a really tough moment because you're also you have like responsibility uh, towards your sponsors and everything. And I mean, bad publicity is also good publicity, but you lost your star rider. And I think maybe it was also good to see that the team actually can then deliver also without having the star rider. And over the years, they developed this in the team quite well. That Because at the start, you thought, okay, it's everything about Peter Sagan. Uh, but now you realize they still need Peter, but they don't rely on him. And I think that's really, really important. Yeah, because it will make the other riders feel like they aren't just cogs in the Peter Sagan machine. They are part of a unit and each play an equal part. You've actually been talking to some of your former teammates, haven't you, who've been with the team for years. Yeah, as Ralph mentioned, uh, three riders have been with the team for over 10 years. And uh, yeah, I took a trip down the memory lane with my former teammates, Andreas Schillinger, Cesare Benedetti and Michael Schwarzmann. Okay, Andreas, um, do you have like any anecdote of like the early years? Uh, I mean, the team was founded in 2010 as a continental team and had various names, but you've been there from the beginning. We've been teammates for quite a few years, shared rooms at the tour and uh, many other races. And yeah, any special moment or anecdote you can remember? To me, it was like a, a really special moment when we met first in the Toscana, 2009. I think it was November. It was first team meeting and uh, I met Cesare first time. I met Schwarzi first time. And uh, yeah, it was really special. We had a photo shooting in, in an empty swimming pool for for the team picture. And you, you already could feel that Ralf has big ambitions in this time to go bigger and bigger. And this was a special moment to me because I never felt this feeling before. Would you would you have ever thought that like in 2010 when you were standing in a swimming pool that uh, you're ending up 2020 being in a team with like such big stars of cycling? I mean, Peter Sagan, Ackermann, Schachmann, Buchmann, the potential uh, podium finisher in the tour. I mean, it's like quite big step from like that swimming pool to now every year the team is went one step higher and was more efficient more detailed more professional so uh i, I can still feel this feeling to that we improve year by year that's the reason i think we can go further but in this time i would never imagine that we can be one of the best teams in the world maybe okay we can go for the tour or for the big world tour races or being a, a world tour team. But what we achieved last year was incredible for me. And I never thought it could happen. But on the other side, now this year we have to show that uh, we are, were there not for one year. So we have to repeat. And the pressure is maybe a little bit more, but I think or well, I hope we can handle this. Uh, Cesare, the team started small and always had big ambitions and is now one of the biggest teams in cycling. And you always have been a rider like 
at least in my eyes, who has been really versatile from like being a kind of lead out rider, not the last one, but like at least being in the, in the train and in the sprint train and then also being there in the mountains. And uh, I mean, now when, when we look at your race schedule, you basically doing every kind of race. Uh, it's just missing that you maybe do one day Paris-Roubaix as, as the last man for Peter Sagan maybe <laughs> in the future. But um, no, like... Um, What have been for you the biggest changes in the in the last years uh, since like Boa and uh, Hans Kuhl came aboard as like main sponsors and the, the team stepped up with signing Peter Sagan and developing all these world class riders now like Emanuel Buchmann, uh, Patrick Konrad, oh, Pöstelberger, uh, Ackermann. I mean the, the countless riders uh, riding for the team now, which are stars in cycling now. Eh? Uh, yeah, you know when. Uh When you are a smaller team and you take part in big races, you have maybe a couple of riders that can try to score a result. But the main goal of the team is always to show the jersey in TV, you know, and to get as more advertising as possible. So that for me, the, the biggest change was probably that I became, I, I was a rider that was going to look always for the breakaways that was part of the team tactic of course and from escapee i became a chaser you know uh, when when we step up uh, and we had the the big riders in the team i, I found my let's say i found my my job uh, in the team now when because when you have big riders uh, you have also the possibility in the team you have also the possibility to, to show what what you're doing you know because uh, when you go to the team with the uh, With the smallest, let's say a second row sprinter or third row sprinter, and basically you try to help him in the final, but the team doesn't have really to work during during the day. I think there was a big step I made uh, mentally that helped me also physically to step up. Uh, we, we raced two days ago San Remo, and I remember my first San Remo with uh, Peter Sagan in 2017. Before that time, I never made it over Cipressa with the main field. But in 2017, I had my job was between Cipressa and Pozzo, and I had to be there with Peter. And there was, you know, he was in world world champion jersey. There was no way that I could fail. You know, it was. I said, I have to be there. So there's no option that uh, that I, that I'm not there with Peter on my wheel. And this, this there's a little. Uh, let's say this little extra motivation or this this change in your mind that you you actually understand that okay you can do it also physically you know because you you take your your body to the next step so having big riders around it for sure the thing that made me improve Michael, how much has it changed for you like the role in the team uh, since like uh, 2010 i mean you came on the team you were just 19 so like a neo pro and you're still just 29 <laughs> but being in the team for like such a long time how much has that changed for you yeah the beginning for me was uh, really hard to to be young on a professional level it was not so easy but then from from year to year it's it was getting better and now with pascal who was uh, coming to the team when he was i think 23 he made really big steps And now he's one of the best sprinters in the world. And that's, and for us as a team, it's, it's good. They also develop riders. And yeah, we are, we are friends now at the moment. And it's, 
yeah, we work together. We spend our spare time together. So it's a quite good feeling in the team and I'm really happy about it. And for us, it's, it's easier to compete on that level if we have good atmosphere in the team. Well, there we go. It was so nice to hear from the guys and Paul, for you as well, to, to chat to them like old friends just reminiscing on, on the glory days. Yeah, it's true. It was, a, it was also a strange feeling to be on the other side to not like talk to them as like, a teammate but more on like a I'm not a journalist but like a kind of like position and um, it was nice and uh, especially to talk to Andreas Schillinger who I spent like a lot of time together in the room and uh, he was just sitting in a hotel room the day before Dauphiné and yeah it was, was, was nice to see him again because I haven't seen him for like like a year or two years now and yeah it was quite nice. Oh that's good that's yeah it's lovely to hear old teammates reminisce and and catch up do you get to see them often now or very rarely uh, just really rarely uh, i mean at the german championships there's always time to see them but usually no i mean they're doing totally different rest program to what i'm doing with my team so unfortunately i'm not able to see them but i mean as a commentator you you have the chance to see them at least uh, on tv <laughs> yeah and it goes to show that like you mentioned the brotherhood this friendship that you guys have lives on and that's down to the to the core values and morals of the team. That is it for this episode as we explored those core values and the rich history of one of the most successful and captivating teams in the world tour. Big thank you to the Borat Hansgrohe team manager Ralph Denk and to Eurosport UK for the commentary clips. And a big thank you to you all for listening to please follow the team at the Tour de France on social media at Bora Hansgrohe on Twitter and keep up to date on the Hansgrohe channels at Hansgrohe as well. You can find me online too at PaulFoss86. And I'm on at Laura C. Winter. If you've got a question, please get in touch and send them in. Don't forget as well to subscribe so you never miss an episode of Eat, Race, Shower, Repeat. And if you like what you're hearing, leave a review as well. Next episode, we will be talking about the start of the iconic to the flongs. What's it like for the leaders Emanuel Buchmann and Peter Sagan and how two first-timers like Felix Rochatner feel? And you can listen to that wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you then. Bye for now. <laughs>